Hi everyone, and welcome to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm your DJ and host, Sam Wilson Jr., and I'll be bringing you the history of black music, gospel, jazz, blues, old school classic soul, old school hip hop, today's hip hop and R&B, Caribbean, Latin, Afrobeat, Afro-Latina, Blue-Eyed Soul, Disco, Go-Go, Lion Dances, and The Lost 45s. So come join me right now as I bring you the history of Black music, right now on the Black Soul Music Experience. Welcome to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. as we continue to celebrate Black Music Month. So on this episode of the Black Soul Music Experience, I try to come up with something and on the fourth week of June of last year of season one, I did tributes. We honor all of our African-American musicians that have been gone, no longer with us, have been deceased, passed away. Now, let me share something with you. When I was at AM 1460 WVOX in New Rochelle, New York, and yes, it was community radio station. It was big band and jazz integrated with talk and information. Now, on that Sunday, when I did the Sunday shift, I did Black Music Month. In the fourth week of June, I came up with something, and it was called Tributes. We honor all of our African-American musicians that have passed away down through the years. So on this episode of the Black Soul Music Experience, I would like to pay tribute to all of our favorite African-American musicians that have passed away, transitioned, no longer with us, went home to be with the Lord. So let's open up with one of my favorites, singer, actor, and activist, Mr. Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte was born in the village of Harlem in New York City to Jamaican-born parents representing Jamaica and Martinique in the West Indies. He is best remembered for his calypso, folk, blues, gospel, and show tunes. His debut LP was called Mark Twain and Other Folk Favorites, released on the RCA label back in 1954. One of the songs that I played when I was at AM 1460 WBOX, the name of the song was called John Henry. Although the song didn't do well, but it was perfect fit for the station in New Rochelle, New York. His next album was called Belafonte, released in 1955, and his LP went to number one on Billboard's pop album charts for six weeks, and it went gold, and it sold over a million copies in print. Finally, his breakout LP, Calypso, released back in May of 1956. His first song was Jamaica Farewell, released back in September of 1956. It went to number 14 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop single shorts, and the top 10 hit, Dale! Yes, Deo, the Banana Boat song, 
released back in December of 1956. And the song went to number five on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts. The album went to number one on Billboard's Pop Album Shorts for 31 weeks, and it sold over a million copies in print, and the album went gold. Now, here's a Black Soul Music Experience FYI for you all, ladies and gentlemen. Deo, the Banana Boat song, was a folk song, a call and response work song, a view of dock workers working the night shift, loading bananas onto ships. The song described how daylight has come, their shift is over, and want their work to be counted up so they can go home. And yes, that was the song. And yes, the song was used in the 1988 movie called Beetlejuice, released by Warner Brothers, starring Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice, along with Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and Winona Ryder. And yes, the song was used at every Yankee baseball game. So when we watch Yankee baseball on Yes, when we see the Yankees are at home at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York, you hear the announcer playing the Deo, and then the audience will follow along. His next LP was called An Evening with Belafonte, released back in February of 1957. The album went to number two on Billboard's pop album charts, and it went gold and it sold over a million copies in print. Four years later, in 1961, his next LP was called Jump Up Calypso, and it had two hits, including Sweetheart from Venezuela and Jump in the Line. The album went to number three on Billboard's pop album charts, and it went gold and it sold over a million copies in print. Harry Belafonte continued recording with RCA Records until his last album in 1971 called Calypso Carnival, which featured the song that I loved when I was watching the new Bill Cosby show aired on CBS. He performed a song called Don't Stop the Carnival. And when I found the song on iTunes, I downloaded the song. Now, while performing, he had appeared in movies, including Carmen Jones back in 1954, starring the late Dorothy Dandridge. Also, he appeared in Island in the Sun, also starring Miss Joan Collins. Other movies, including Odds Against Tomorrow, The World, The Flesh, and the Devil, The Angel Levine, and Buck and the Preacher, starring Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee. Uptown Saturday Night, which also starred Sidney Poitier, along with Bill Cosby, Flip Wilson, Richard Pryor, Rosalind Cash, Roscoe Lee Brown, Paula Kelly, Don Marshall, and Calvin Lockhart. His other movie in 1995 was called White Man's Burden, which starred John Travolta. And his last screen movie appearance was Black Klansman which stars John David Washington, and Spike Lee did the screenplay. On television, he appeared on TV specials on NBC, including An Evening with Julie Andrews and Harry Belafonte, and that was aired back in 1969. And also on NBC, the Patilia Clark special, which aired 
back in 1968. Now, I was watching VH1's 100 Greatest Rock and Roll Moments appearing on television. The Batilia Clark special, which aired back in 1968, and Chrysler Plymouth was their sponsor. All of the NBC affiliates in the South refused to air the special because of the interracial performance. Now, as you can see, Patelia Clark had her hand on Harry Belafonte's elbow, and that sparked a little controversy. But hey, NBC aired the special, except for the South, for Miss Affiliates, and the rest was history. Other appearances he appeared on television. He appeared as a guest on the Flip Wilson show on NBC, the new Bill Cosby show on CBS, Free to Be You and Me on ABC, the Danny Kaye show on CBS, and on Late Night on NBC, he was the first black to be the fill-in guest for The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. And he was a guest on The Muppet Show, which aired in syndication back in 1976-1977 season of season one. Now, as I mentioned, Sidney Poitier in the earlier years, he made friends with Sidney Poitier and both Harry and Sidney for their involvement in the civil rights movement. Now, Harry had invited many musicians, including Tony Bennett, just to name a few, performing not only in the civil rights movement, but other areas as well. Now, Harry Belafonte didn't stop there. As I said, not only he got involved in the civil rights movement, but in the gay rights movement too. And yes, he was Grand Marshal at the NYC Pride Parade. And that was taking place back in the late 2000s. In June of 1984, he was a producer and scored the musical film Beat Street, which was dealing with the rise of hip hop. Harry has won three Grammys, an Emmy, an Oscar, and a Tony. That's right, he's an EGOT. <laughs> That's right, he won an Emmy, he won three Grammys, an Oscar, and a Tony. He also received a 1989 Kennedy Center Honor, a 1994 National Medal of Arts Award, and a 1986 Humanitarian Award for his involvement for the 1985 song we Are the World, performed by USA for Africa at the 1986 American Music Awards. And in case you may not know, the song We Are the World, performed by USA for Africa, which featured Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson, and his siblings, you know, Latoya and Randy, and yes, the Pointer Sisters and Ray Charles and Tina Turner and Billy Joel, and yes, Dan Aykroyd. The song went to number one on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts, and also it went to number one on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts. He was also a UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador, and in 2022, he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. 
Now, I mentioned Tina Turner, so let's do Tina Turner. Speaking of Tina Turner, she participated in USA for Africa. So we're going to do the one and only Miss Tina Turner. Miss Tina Turner was known as the queen of rock and roll. She likes to sing songs to make people happy, not singing those sad songs or those bluesy or R&B songs or those songs that was explicit. She was noted for her swagger, sensuality, powerful, gravely vocals, her unstoppable energy, along with her history with her ex-husband, Ike Turner, and those fabulous legs. All the guys were looking at her legs. That was her trademark. Now, Tina Turner began her career with Ike Turner. And yes, his group was called the King of Rhythm in 1957 under the name Little Ann. She appeared on her first record called Box Top back in 1958. In 1960, she debuted as Tina Turner with her duet single, A Fool in Love. That was with the duo. The Ike and Tina Turner Review became one of the most formidable live acts in history. They released other hits such as It's Gonna Work Out Fine, River Deep Mountain High, Proud Mary, Bold Soul Sister, Sexy Ida, and Nutbush City Limits. In 1976, they have dismantled. So then Ike and Tina had filed for divorce. In the 1980s, she came back as one of the greatest comebacks in music history. Her album, Private Dancer, released on May 29, 1984, started off with her first single, a remake of Al Green's Let's Stay Together, released back in February of 1984 in the United States. Then her top 10 hit, What's Love Got to Do With It, released on May 1, 1984, and it went to number one on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts on September 1st, 1984, for three weeks. It was her first and only U.S. single. The song also went to number two on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts, number 21 on Billboard's Dance Club Singles Shorts, and number eight on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Singles Shorts. The song went gold and had sold over a million copies in print, the song was sampled by Warren G. featuring Adina Howard in 1996, and Fat Joe featuring Ashante used the chorus for their 2002 song called What's Love? That was L-U-V. Got to do with it, got to do with it, baby. <laughs> now, Tina Turner had won three Grammys, one for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance at the 1985 Grammy Awards. Her follow-ups from her Private Dancer LP was called Show Some Respect, Better Be Good to Me, and Private Dancer. The album went to number three on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts and number one on Billboard's R&B Black Album Shorts. 
The album went five duple platinum and it sold over 5 million copies in print. In 2020, her album was selected by the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. for preservation in the National Recording Registry, being culturally, historically, or significant. At the age of 44, she was the oldest female solo artist to top the Hot 100 pop charts. Other hits from the 80s, including We Don't Need Another Hero, that's from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Other LPs were Break Every Rule in 1986, which had two singles, Typical Male and The Best. I Don't Want to Fight was from the 1993 movie, What's Love Got to Do With It? And Golden Eye from 1995, and that was from the 007 James Bond movie, Golden Eye. And yes, she did some acting. She appeared in the 1975 movie called Tommy, which was a rock opera spinoff from the song, which was performed by The Who. Other movies she had appeared in was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, as I just mentioned the song, We Don't Need Another Hero. In 1986, she published her autobiography, I, Tina, My Life Story, which became a worldwide bestseller on the New York Times bestselling book list, which led to the 1993 movie, What's Love Got to Do With It?, starring Miss Angela Bassett, who played the role of Tina Turner. On television, she made some guest appearances. She was on the Share Variety Show on CBS. That was season two. That was 1975-1976 season. And she also appeared on Donnie and Marie, aired on ABC. That was season two, and that was New Year's Eve of 1976. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice one with Ike Turner in 1991, and as a solo artist in 2021. She was also a 2005 recipient of the Kennedy Center Honors and the Woman of the Year Award. Now here's a Black Soul Music Experience FYI for you all, ladies and gentlemen. In 1967, she was the woman and the first Black artist on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine. Now that's what I call first. Our next artist that I'm about to bring you was the late Irene Cara. She was a singer and actress born in the Boogie Down Bronx, New York. And yes, she will be best remembered for her role as Coco Hernandez from the 1980 musical film Fame. And yes, she did the title song, or should we say the theme of the movie, which went to number one in some countries. In 1983, she wrote and sang the song Flashdance, What a Feeling. That's from the 1983 movie Flashdance from Paramount Pictures starring Miss Jennifer Beals, for which she won an Oscar for Best Original Song at the 1984 Academy Awards and a Grammy for Best Female Pop Vocal Performance at the 1984 Grammy Awards. Now, before her success with the box office hit Fame, 
she had her big break on the original Amateur Hour and The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson. In 1970, she played the role of Daisy Allen on the soap opera Love of Life, aired on CBS Daytime. She was on Broadway with plays including Via Galactica, Ain't Misbehaving, and The Me Nobody Knows. Then her biggest break was on The Electric Company, aired on PBS, and she was there for the beginning of season one. That was 1971-1972 season. As a member of the singing group called The Short Circus. In 1975, she played the role of Angela in the romance drama Aaron Loves Angela from Columbia Pictures, starring Kevin Hooks. Then in 1976, she played the role of Sparkle Williams in the original musical drama Sparkle, released by Warner Brothers, which starred Philip Michael Thomas, Lynette McKee, Mary Alice, and Dorian Harewood. Now, that was the original one not the remake that had Jordan Sparks and the late Whitney Houston. Now in television, Irene Cara made international acclaim in the late 70s and the early 80s. She appeared in the ABC miniseries Roots, The Next Generations, which was aired back in February of 1979. Then in 1980, she appeared in the miniseries The Guyana Tragedy, The Jim Jones Story, aired on CBS. That was aired on April 15th and April 16th of 1980. And then in May of 1982, she appeared in the TV special Sister, Sister, aired on NBC, starring the late Diane Carroll and the late Rosalind Cash. In 1983, she portrayed the role of Merle Evers Williams in the TV movie For Us the Living, the Metgar Evers story on American Playhouse aired on PBS. And she was nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Best Actress. Also in 1983, she appeared in a movie DC Cab from Universal Pictures starring Adam Baldwin, Max Gale, Paul Rodriguez, and Mr. T. She performed the song, The Dream, which was in the movie. In 1984, she was in the comedy movie called City Heat from Warner Brothers, starring Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds. And while she was in the movie, she sung the song, Embraceable You and Get Happy. She also wrote the theme song, City Heat, featuring jazz singer Joe Williams. With the success of her LP, What a Feeling, in 1983, she had two or three other hits, including Why Me, Breakdance, and You Were Made for Me. Other two LPs were Anyone Can See in 1982 and Caramastic in 1987. In 1985, she participated in Hermanos, as you know, USA for Africa did theirs in 1985, but there was a Spanish version of USA for Africa. It was called Hermanos, and the name of the song was Cantare, Cantaras, which raised money for Africa famine relief and Latin America 
famine and housing relief. Now, here's something that we did not know. In 1993, a California jury awarded Irene Carroll $1.5 million from a 1985 lawsuit she filed against record executive Al Corey and Network Records, accusing them of withholding royalties from the Flashdance motion picture soundtrack, her first two solo records as well. Irene Cara stated that as a result, she was labeled as being difficult to work and that the music industry blacklisted her. Irene Cara was married once but had no children. She married film director Conrad Palmisano on April 13th, 1986. They were divorced in 1991. Irene Cara died from hypertension heart disease on November 25th, 2022. She was 63 years old. Wow, she was gone too soon. She had a beautiful voice, but she was gone too soon. So, as you can see, that we gotten Harry Belafonte and Tina Turner and Irene Cara. We have a lot of resume, lots, and I'm here to tell you that they left us behind a legacy of music, not just music, but performing on movies and on stage and on television. We're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back to tell you more of our favorite musicians that are no longer with us. And let me hear your voice, America, and I want to hear from you here in America and all around the world. Who was your favorite artist that you've loved and missed? Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. And I want to hear a word from you, America. And I also want to hear a word from you all around the world. Who was your favorite artist that you have missed and loved? Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. And I want to hear a word from you. We're going to take a break and we'll come right back to hear more of our favorite musicians that are no longer with us as we do the tributes as we continue to celebrate Black Music Month. You're listening to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. and I just want to say thank you for tuning in to my new podcast called the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast. If you haven't, now you get a chance to tune in and listen to seasons one and two of my Black Soul Music Experience podcast, where I play all your favorite black music and we give you new topics and you never know what I'm going to be playing next. So all you need to do is pick, browse, and make sure you tune in. And if you want to hear the whole podcast episode, please subscribe by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash subscribe. But if you want me to continue with season three, then I need your help. Make sure you pass it on to your friends, your family relatives, your neighbors, your co-workers, your church members, your classmates, and for those that don't even know. 
And if you want to hear all the favorite black music that you missed and loved, make sure you tune in and support my podcast, the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast, where I bring you all your favorite black music from yesterday and today. And hopefully I will get a brand new special guest to come on to my podcast. So come on out and make sure you tune in to the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast. All you have to do is subscribe by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel-Wilson Jr. slash subscribe. And please support my podcast. Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel-Wilson Jr. slash support. And make sure you tune in to the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast every Tuesdays, available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for your support. Welcome back to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. As we continue to celebrate Black Music Month, as we bring you tributes, we're paying homage to all of our favorite African-American musicians that have passed away during 2022-2023 season. Our next artist that I'll be bringing you was the late Lamont Dozier singer, songwriter, and producer, and founder of Holland Dozier Holland Productions. And yes, Lamont Dozier was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Lamont Dozier and the Holland Brothers were responsible for bringing us songs that were hits for Motown Records in the 60s. It includes The Supremes, The Four Tops, The Temptations, Martha and the Vandellas, The Marvelettes, Marvin Gaye, and the Isley Brothers. Lamont and the Holland Brothers left Motown in 1968 because of not getting their royalties and checking the books. He and the Holland Brothers formed their own record label called Evictus Records and Hot Wax Records. The record label had artists including The Eighth Day, Frida Payne, The Honeycombs, Chairman of the Board, and 100 Proof Aged in Soul. In 1972, Lamont began recording as an artist on their label with his debut, Why Can't We Be Lovers? The song went to number 57 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 9 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. In 1973, Lamont left Holland Doja Holland Productions and was replaced by new arranger Harold Beatty. In 1973, he made his debut on his new LP called Out Here On My Own, released on the ABC label, released back in the fall of 1973. The LP went to number 136 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts and number 11 on Billboard's Soul Album Shorts. His single, Fish Ain't Bitin'. And yes, the song went to number 26 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 4 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. His follow-up hit, Trying to Hold On to My Woman, went to number 15 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 4 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. His follow-up LP was Black Released in 1974. 
1976, he left ABC Records to switch over to Warner Brothers Records. He had three LPs, including Right There, which was released at number 59 on Billboard's Soul album Shorts. Petlin Music on the Side was released back in 1977, which contained the song Going Back to My Roots, which later became a hit for Odyssey. The LP also went to number 59 on Billboard's Soul album Shorts. He had other albums in the 80s and 90s, but failed to crack the top 20. As a composer, he was a songwriter, and yes, he had a number one hit for the 1988 season. And yes, he had two songs that came from 1988, and they were from the movie Buster. He received a Golden Globe Award, tied with Carly Simon, Let the River Run. The name of the song was called Two Hearts. And yes, he also was nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song and nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Song Written for a Motion Picture or Television for that song, Two Hearts, from the 1988 movie Buster, starring Bill Collins. He also written the song Invisible for England's born blue-eyed blues singer Alison Moyette in 1984. And in 1987, he wrote Infidelity and Suffer for the group Simply Red. And on that same year, he wrote the song Without You, a love theme from the movie Leonard Part 6 from Columbia Pictures starring Bill Cosby. It was a duet performed by Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell. The song went to number 14 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts and number 8 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Singles Shorts. In 1990, he wrote the song and produced the LP called Anything Is Possible for Miss Debbie Gibson. The song went to number 26 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 48 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Singles Shorts. The album went to number 41 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts, and the album went gold and it sold over 500,000 copies in print. In 2004, he wrote the song called Spoiled for British blue-eyed soul singer Miss Joss Stone from her LP entitled Mind, Body, and Soul. The song went to number 54 on Billboard's R&B hip-hop singles shorts. The LP went to number 11 on Billboard's top 200 album shorts and number 15 on Billboard's R&B hip-hop album shorts. The album went platinum and it sold over 1,300,000 copies in print. In 1990, Lamont Dozier and the Holland Brothers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now, here's a Black Soul music experience FYI for you all, ladies and gentlemen. He wrote and sang the theme song for season two of That's My Mama, aired on ABC back in the fall of 1975. Sadly, the show was canceled on January 7th, 1976. That's where he replaced the first season's instrumental-only theme music and replaced it with his theme song for season two. In his personal life, 
Lamont Dozier was married three times. His first two marriages, that includes Elizabeth Ann Brown and Daphne Dumas, both ended in divorce. His third marriage was to Barbara Ullman that lasted from 1980 until her death in 2021, and they had three children. Lamont Dozier died in his home near Scottsdale, Arizona, on August 8, 2022. He was 81 years old. Our next artist that we love was Miss Astrud Gilberto, born as Astrud Evangelina Weinhardt. And she was a Brazilian samba and bossa nova jazz singer. And she is the daughter of a Brazilian mother and a German father, born in Salvador in the Brazilian state of Bahia, and was later raised in Rio de Janeiro. And she spoke in several languages. Astrud was once married to singer Jaho Gilberto from 1959 to 1964, and they have a son, Joao Marcelo Gilberto, who later joined her band. She had another son, Gregory La Sosa, from a second partner, who would later perform music with, her, with his mother as well. She immigrated to the United States in 1963 and settled there permanently. Astrud sang two tracks on the 1963 LP, Getz Gilberto, featuring Joao Gilberto, Stan Getz, and Antonio Carlos Joybeam. While it was her first professional recording, it was extremely entirely a novice. She grew up immersed in music. Her mother played multiple instruments, but her whispery voice and steadfast approach to singing played a significant role in popularizing the song The Girl from Impanemia, which won her a Grammy Award for Record of the Year, and it was also nominated for Best Vocal Performance by a Female. The song went gold and it sold over a million copies in print. For the recording, as through Gilberto only received a fee of $120. Stan Getz asked producer Creed Taylor to ensure she was paid no royalties on the single, which went on to sell more than 5 million copies. It became one of the most covered songs in pop music. In 1964, she appeared in the movie called Get Yourself a College Girl, released by MGM in 1963. And on the same year, she appeared in the TV movie called The Hangman, aired on NBC on November 18, 1964. And on 1965, she made her debut solo LP called The Astrud Gerberto Album as I said, released back in 1965. Her other albums were followed. It includes The Shadow of Your Smile in 1965. The LP went to number 66 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts. Look to the Rainbow in 1966, followed by A Certain Smile, A Certain Sadness in 1967, 
beat Samba also in 1967, and Wendy in summer in 1968, and I haven't got anything better to do in 1969. And her next LP was called September 17th, 1969, as I said, in 1970. In 1971, she switched to CTI Records and released her LP, Gerberto with Turrentine. In 1972, she switched to Perception Records with her LP called Now. Then in 1977, That Girl from Empanemia released on Audio Fidelity Records. And in 1987, Astrud Gerberto plus James Last Orchestra released on the Polygram Records label. Astrud's song, Who Can I Turn To, was sampled by hip-hop group The Black Eyed Peas. And that was for the song Like That from the 2005 LP Monkey Business. Her song, Once I've Loved, was used in the 2007 movie Juno. And the 1987 Baja's debut LP, Time and Tide, had a song called Ashthrude. And yes, Baja was paying tribute to her idol, Ashthrude Gilberto. Later in life, Ashthrude Gilberto was an animal rights activist. And later she was a recipient of the Latin Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award in 2008. Astrud Gilberto died in her home in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on June 5th, 2023, at the age of 83. Now, here's this next artist that it's unknown to us, but this lady is originally from South Africa, and yes, she is a jazz singer. Miss Gloria Bosman was born in Johannesburg, South Africa, and later raised in Soweto, South Africa. She began her career singing in the church choir in Soweto. And in 1993, she attended Pretoria Tech, and her major was opera. Gloria Bosman released her debut LP called Tranquility. In 1999, earning her award for Best Newcomer and nominations for Best Contemporary Jazz Album and Best Female Artist, at the South African Music Awards. She won the Standard Bank Young Artist Award in the year 2000 at the National Arts Festival. In 2001, she released her second album, The Many Faces of Gloria Bosman, featuring Sheer Sound. Her LP was nominated for Best South African Artist and the Most Promising Female Artist at the 2001 Cora All Africa Awards and another South African Music Award nomination for Best Jazz Vocal Album. Her next LP was called Stop and Think in 2003, followed by Nature's Dance in 2004, Enzimi in 2006, and her last LP called Letters from the Heart, Volume 1, in 2010. Sadly, Gloria Bosman died on March 4th, of 2023. She was 50 years old. Now let me tell you about this next artist that we all love, but pay close attention because what you're about to hear 
you're about to get shot. Singer, songwriter, musician, Bobby Caldwell was born in the NYC and later raised and grew up in Miami, Florida, singing R&B, soul, jazz, and adult contemporary. Growing up in Miami, Caldwell was exposed to a variety of music, such as Haitian, Latin, reggae, and R&B. His parents hosted a local variety television show called Supper Time. He grew up listening to the music of Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald. When he was 12 years old, Bobby Caldwell started playing piano and guitar, and he was drawn to rock and roll, jazz, and R&B. Now, here's a Black Soul music experience FYI for you all, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that Bobby Caldwell's mother was in real estate? Yep, the answer was yes, and it was true. And one of her clients was reggae singer Bob Marley. Bobby Caldwell and Bob Marley became friends. Bobby Caldwell was a member of a band called Katmanu. Now, this was a band that he started out early before he made it big in the mid-70s. He wrote most of their material while also performing traditional standards. And yes, Bobby Caldwell played multiple instruments and sang. At the age of 17, he worked with the band in Las Vegas, then moved to Los Angeles. Bobby got his first career break as a rhythm guitarist for Little Richard back in the early 70s. Bobby Caldwell and his band left Little Richard, and Bobby Caldwell went solo. By 1977, he spent six years in Los Angeles playing in different bar bands and trying to get a record deal. Bobby Caldwell signed with TK Records in Miami back in 1978. After songs for his first album were recorded, executives told Bobby Caldwell they enjoyed the album but was lacking a hit. So Bobby Caldwell returned to the studio for two days and wrote the song, What You Won't Do For Love. Now, TK Records was mainly a soul R&B funk disco label popular among African-American listeners. Executives at the label wanted to conceal the fact that Caldwell was white, so they kept his face off the album cover. And yes, when he toured with Natalie Cole to support the album, most of the audience was black, and many were surprised that Bobby Caldwell was white. His self-titled debut LP, Bobby Caldwell, was released back in 1978 on the TK Glades label. And yes, the album went to number 21 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts and number 7 on Billboard's Soul Album Shorts. The LP went double platinum and it sold over 2 million copies in print. The song what You Won't Do For Love went to number nine on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number six on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts and number 10 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Singles Shorts. The song has been covered and sampled many times. It was covered by people Bryson and Natalie Cole, Phyllis Hyman, 
Go West, Roy Ayers, Michael Bolton, Intro, Boys to Men, and Snow Allegra. And it was sampled by Tupac Shakur for his hit, Do For Love. Bobby's next LP was called Cat in the Hat, which was released back in 1980. It features the song Open Your Eyes, and that song was sampled by hip-hop artist Jay Dilla on Common's LP, The Light, from his 2000 LP, Like Water for Chocolate. Now, the song was covered by singers John Legend and Dwele. Now, as for the LP, the LP went to number four on Billboard's Soul Albums Shorts and number 113 on Billboard's Top 200 Albums Shorts. The LP went gold and it sold over 500,000 copies in print. Bobby's next album was called Carry On back in 1982, which he played all of the instruments and he produced and arranged. In 2019, Lil Nas X was sued for $25 million for using the song without permission. In his own song of the same name from his 2018 mixtape, Nasarati, which was streaming on YouTube. Bobby's 1983 LP, August Moon, was released in Japan, and the album didn't get any U.S. certifications. After TK Records went out of business, Bob Skaggs advised Bobby Caldwell to write songs for other artists. He wrote the song, The Next Time I Fall, performed by Amy Grant and Peter Cetera. It went to number one back in 1986. Along with other songs he wrote for Bob Skaggs, Roy Ayers, Chicago, Natalie Cole, Neil Diamond, Roberta Flack, and Al Jarreau. In 2017, Bobby's health had declined after suffering from severe side effects from fluoroquinolone, a bacterial infection. Bobby Caldwell died at his home in Independence Township, New Jersey, on March 14, 2023. He was 71 years old. Wow. All this time, we thought that the guy was black. But when I saw that album cover on Smooth Grooves, a collection of all our favorite classic soul slow jams, <laughs> yep, he was white. But he got soul, baby. <laughs> this next artist I'm about to bring you was Chuck Jackson. Chuck Jackson was born in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and later raised and grew up in Lata, South Carolina. He started singing in a gospel group and moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, when he was 13 years, years old. Between 1957 and 1959, he was a member of the group The Dell Vikings. After leaving the group, he was discovered by Luther Dixon when he opened up for Jackie Wilson at the Apollo Theater in New York City. He signed a recording contract with Scepter's division label, Wand Records. His first single, I Don't Want to Cry, released back in January of 1961, and the song have charted on both Billboard's R&B and pop charts. 
1962, Chuck Jackson's recording of the Burt Bacharach Bob Hillard song, Any Day Now, which became a sizable hit and his signature song. His popularity in the 60s was so successful, he left Scepter Records and moved to Motown Records. His two LPs on Motown Records failed to get hits, but he only had one successful hit called Honey Come Back. Then in 1975, he moved to Stang All Platinum Vibration Records and other labels, but with minimal success. His less successful songs, including I Keep Forgetting, which later became a hit for Michael McDonald in 1982. On October 4th, 2015, he was inducted into the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame. In 2021, his song, Any Day Now, was used in the Volkswagen commercial. Sadly, Chuck Jackson died on February 16th, 2023. He was 85 years old. Well, there's so much songs that they had out there, but even though it didn't get much success, but it became a remake again for other artists that became hits. Wow. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. But before I do that, I want to hear a word from you, America. And I want to hear a word from you from all over the world. Who was your favorite artist that you've missed and loved? Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. I want to hear a word from you, America, and I want to hear a word from you from all around the world. Who was your favorite artist that you missed and love? Post it to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. I want to hear a word from you. As I said, I'll be back with more of your favorite artists that we missed and loved as I do tributes as we continue to celebrate Black Music Month. You're listening to the Black Soul Music Experience. Welcome back to the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. as we continue to celebrate Black Music Month as we bring you tributes. All right, let's close out with another artist that that have been known but not known to many of us. Her name is Betty Swan. Betty Swan was a native of Sherryport, Louisiana, and later raised in Arcadia, Louisiana, and then later moved to Los Angeles. In 1963, Betty Swan's real name was Betty Jean Champion. After her minor hit, Don't Wait Too Long, her big breakthrough came in with her top 10 hit called Make Me Yours. Her song went to number 21 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number one on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts on July 22, 1967 for two weeks. And it was released on the Money label. In 1968, she moved to Capitol Records and had another hit in 1969 with a remake of Jeannie Seeley's Don't Touch Me. It went to number 38 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 14 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. 
1972, Betty Swan moved to Atlantic Records and had a pair of hits, including Victim of a Foolish Heart, which was later remaked by British blue-eyed soul singer Josh Stone, and a remake of Merle Haggard's Today I Started Loving You Again. She continued to record until the mid-70s, but little commercial success. Her last public appearance was in 1980, and that was the year her husband and manager, George Barton, died in 1980. Betty Swan changed her name to Betty Barton and began working as a teacher in the Las Vegas area and became a Jehovah Witness. She retired, and according to a 2005 interview, she suffered from degenerative spinal condition. Before retirement, she did a remake of Eddie Arnold's Then You Can Tell Me Goodbye. Sadly, Betty Swan died on January 25th, 2023, at the age of 78. Our next performer, I shouldn't say performer, but he was a producer, arranger, and conductor, Mr. Tom Bell. But here's the catch. I didn't know that he was from the Caribbean. Yes, very shocking, wasn't it? Yes, it is true. Mr. Tom Bell was born in Kingston, Jamaica, West Indies on January 26, 19. 43. Now, as I said, I didn't know that he was from Jamaica, West Indies. And yes, Tom Bell and his parents was from Kingston, Jamaica, West Indies. And his maternal grandfather was born in Kingston, Jamaica, West Indies as well. Mom worked as a stenographer and was a pianist. And his dad owned a fish market and restaurant. And he was also a musician playing the accordion and a Hawaiian guitar. Now, Tom Bell and his parents had later moved to the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. While in the United States, Tom Bell was a classically trained musician and has sang as a teenager with Kenneth Gamble, Leon Huff, and Daryl Hall, who later started Hall and Oates. Tom Bell's big break in soul music was with Cameo Parkway Records in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where he worked as a session player and arranger. In 1967, he was introduced to a local group called the Delphonics and produced two singles for them on Moonglow Records. Tom Bell brought in a melody, hypnotic, haunting, confleur style to soul music, and soon his production talents yielded several big hits for the Delphonics on Stan Watson's Philly Groove Records. Their hits include La 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 means I love you. That was their debut hit in 1968, and their 1970 hit Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time which won them their first Grammy Award in 1970 at the 1970 Grammy Awards. On that same year, he took care of singer and actress Connie Stevens. You may know her 
from the ABC TV drama series Hawaiian Eye. And she did the song called TikTok. And then later, Tom Bell joined record producers Kenneth Gamble and Leon Huff in Philadelphia, working as an arranger and producer for artists including the Iceman, Jerry Butler, Archie Bell and the Drells, the OJs, Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, and Dusty Springfield. He arranged some big hits, including the OJ's hit Backstabbers and Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes' I Miss You on Gamblin' Hub's new and improved own record label, Philadelphia International Records, which they launched back in 1971. Tom Bell joined Gamblin' Hub and setting up a music publishing for their songs called The Mighty Three Music. By 1971, Tom Bell had moved on to produce another group, The Stylistics, and the group was on Avco Embassy Records. By then, he teamed up with songwriter Linda Creed, and yes, Linda Creed was white and they were writing songs for the stylistics and churning out hits, including Stop, Look, Listen to Your Heart, You Are Everything, Betcha By Golly Wow, Break Up to Make Up, I'm Stone in Love with You, and You Make Me Feel Brand New. In 1972, Tom Bell had agreed to produce The Spinners for Atlantic Records. The Spinners left Motown in 1971 after failing to get the attention they wanted. So, Tom Bell and the Spinners was a collaboration success that lasted for seven years and eight albums. Tom Bell revitalized the group by producing five gold albums that included chart success singles such as I'll Be Around, could it be I'm Falling in Love, Games People Play, and The Rubber Band Man? In 1974, Tom Bell won a Grammy Award for Best Producer of the Year. In 1974, Tom Bell, or should I say in 1975, Tom Bell produced Dion Warwick's LP, Track of the Cat, for Warner Brothers Records. They were good songs, but it was poorly produced. The LP went to number 137 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts and number 35 on Billboard's Soul Album Shorts. It wasn't until one year after she, he teamed up, or should I say, Dionne Warwick teamed up with the Spinners. And Tom Bell had said to Dionne Warwick, we're going to make this song, Then Came You, number one hit. Dionne Warwick didn't believe that, but it did. Then Came You went to number one on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number two on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts back in the fall of 1974. Tom Bell also worked with other artists, including Johnny Mathis for his 1973 LP, Coming Home, and 1977 LP, Mathis Is. They were both on Columbia CBS Records. He also did LPs for Billy Paul, Ronnie Dyson, Little Anthony and the Imperials, and the group 
New York City for their debut hit, I'm doing fine now without you, baby. That's right. All of the albums that he produced in the mid-70s was less commercial appeal. In 1981, Tom Bell had success with Miss Denise Williams for her LP called My Melody, released on the ARC Columbia CBS label. It was released back on March 13th, 1981. Her first song was called What Two Can Do, went to number 17 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. And her follow-up, her top 10 hit, Silly, went to number 53 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts and number 11 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. Her album went to number 74 on Billboard's Top 200 Album Shorts and number 13 on Billboard's Soul Album Shorts. The album went gold and it sold over 500,000 copies in print. Her next album was called Nisi, released on March 19, 1982. Her song was a remake of the Royal Let's It's Gonna Take a Miracle, which was released on April 3, 1982. The song went to number 10 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts, number 6 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary Singles Shorts, and number one on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts on May 15, 1982 for two weeks. Her follow-up, Waiting by the Hotline, went to number 103 on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Shorts, number 29 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts. And her next single, Waiting, that went to number 72 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts. He also produced Elton John's hit, Mama Can Buy You Love, back in the summer of 1979. He also produced Phyllis Hyman, Dee Dee Bridgewater, and in 1990, he produced James Ingram's hit, I Don't Have the Heart. Bell had been married two times. He was once married to Sylvia Bell in 1965, and they were divorced in 1984. And then he was married to Vanessa Joanne Whitlock on December 29th, 1985. Tom Bell died on December 22nd, 2022, during a lengthy illness. He was 79 years old and he was survived by six children. This next artist came from the NYC and her name was Joyce Sims. Joyce Sims was born in Rochester, New York, and she was best remembered for her R&B black hits and dance hits of the mid 80s. Joyce Sims signed with Sleeping Bag Records back in 1986, which was later merged with Warlock Records and went out of business. Her first single was called You Are My All in All, released back in the fall of 1986 and entered at number 51 on Billboard's Dance Singles Shorts and then it peaked to number 6. The song also went to number 69 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts. The song was added to her debut LP, Come Into My Life, which was released on February of 1987. Her LP went to number 22 
on Billboard's R&B Black Album Shorts. Her next song was called Come Into My Life, released back in the spring of 1987. The song went to number 10 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts and number 48 on Billboard's Dance Singles Shorts. And yes, the song was used in the HBO miniseries Show Me a Hero, and the song was also used in a scene where it was played on the radio in the scene from the 1995 movie Species from MGM, starring newcomer Natasha Hensdridge and Ben Kingsley. Other songs from her debut LP, including Lifetime Love, went to number 23 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts and number 10 on Billboard's Dance Singles Shorts. Walk Away went to number 56 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts and number 11 on Billboard's Dance Singles Shorts and the remake of Barbara Ackland's Love Makes a Woman. It went to number 29 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts. Her next album was called All About Love, which went to number 65 on Billboard's R&B Black Album Shorts, released back in 1989. Her LP includes Looking for Love, which went to number 51 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts, followed by Take Caution with My Heart, and her last single, All About Love, which went to number 69 on Billboard's R&B Black Singles Shorts, and number 34 on Billboard's Dance Singles Shorts. She had other hits back in the 90s and early 2000s, but failed to crack the top 10. Back on November 17th, 2017, I got a chance to see Joyce Sims perform at the Taj Lounge in New York City during the Friday after work dance party. Sadly, Joyce Sims died unexpectedly on October 13th, 2022. She was 63 years old. Our next artist from the hip hop world is True Gory the Dove of De La Soul. And yes, he too passed away suddenly. He was born in Brooklyn, New York to Haitian American parents and later raised in East Massapequa, Long Island, New York. In his teen years, he attended Amityville Memorial High School in Amityville, Long Island, New York, where he met and became friends with Vincent Mason, Kelvin Mercer, and Paul Hudson, and they became De La Soul. They adopted their stage names, Trugoy the Dove, Maceo, and Posnuous, and Prince Paul, the producer who had took care of De La Soul. De La Soul did three LPs, including their debut, Three Feet and Rising, and also De La Soul is Dead in 1991, and the anonymous nobody back in 2016. In his last years of his life, Trugoy the Dove was diagnosed with congested heart failure. He died on February 12, 2023 at the age of 54. Our next artist is the late Farrell Sanders, who was born as Farrell Lee Sanders, who was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. Yes, his mom was a cook in the school cafeteria and his dad worked in the city of Little Rock, Arkansas. Farrell was only a child when he began his musical career by playing the clarinet in church. His accomplishments 
photographer in the visual arts, where he was at Scipio Jones High School in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And that's where Sanders began playing the tenor saxophone. After graduating from high school in 1959, he moved to Oakland, California, where he lived with relatives. He studied art and music at Oakland City College, and he began professional career by playing the tenor saxophone. After Oakland, California, he moved to the NYC in 1962. Back then, he was once homeless at the time. Then musician Sun Ra gave him a place to stay, clothes, and encouraged him to use the name Farrell. By 1963, he played with musicians Billy Higgins and Don Cherry and Eric Dolphy and John Coltrane. And later, Farrell's Sanders debut LP, Farrell's first released on the ESP disc label in 1965, his LP didn't do too well. By 1966, he switched over to ABC Impulse Records, and his new LP, Tahid, was a huge success. The album was released back in October of 1967, after the death of John Coltrane, with whom Sanders had played since 1965. The LP, Tahid, on the ABC Impulse label only had three tracks. His next album was called Jazz Music with a Social Message and Spirituality, called Karma, and that was released on the ABC Impulse label back in May of 1969. It was free jazz, avant-garde jazz, and spirituality jazz, and acid jazz. The LP includes the 32-minute two-part song called The Creator Has a Master Plan. And this LP was later a future for the hip-hop generations to come. And his next LP was called Jewels of Thought, which was released back in December of 1969. It was a soul jazz feeling. Other albums when he was on ABC Impulse, including Deaf, Dumb, Blind, 1970, The MB in 1971, and Black Unity, that was also in 1971, but was released on December 8th, which was a combination of jazz mixed with Latin, African, Amborujirini and Native American music with a groove that makes you move. And the guest bassist was Stanley Clark. His live LP was called Live at the East in New York City, released back on October 12th, 1972, followed by Wisdom Through Music in 1973. Sanders left ABC Impulse in 1973 and went to other labels, including Teresa Records in 1980 and then Verb Records in the mid-90s. His last LP was called Promises, featuring Floating Points and the London Symphony Orchestra. It was released back in March of 2021. Farrell Sanders died on September 4th, 2022 in Los Angeles, California. He was 81 years old. Now, we got to give a shout out to Burt Bacharach. So, Burt Bacharach was composer, songwriter, and record producer, and pianist. He was best remembered for churning out hits for Dionne Warwick, Herb Albert, Dusty Springfield, Tom Jones, 
and B.J. Thomas. His musical influence was jazz. So he was born in Kansas City, Missouri, but later grew up in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. So during his time, he decided to dish out the piano lessons and sneaked into a club by using a fake ID. And that's where he got hip to some musicians that includes Dizzy Gillespie and Count Basie. So he studied music at the McGill University in Montreal, Canada, then went to the Manus School of Music in New York City and the Music Academy of the West in Montecito, California. And Bert was later drafted to the U.S. Army, where he served for two years. He was stationed in Germany and Fort Dix and Governor's Island. His first hit, along with Hal David, who was writing songs, includes Make It Easy on Yourself for Jerry Butler. It was a top 10 hit back in 1962. Then he signed with A&M Records in 1967, where he recorded many songs and instrumentals, including one of my favorites, The Bell That Couldn't Jingle. That's a Christmas song back in 1968. And another song that I didn't know, which later became the theme of the ABC movie of the week. The name of the song was called Nikki, released back in 1966. The song was dedicated to his daughter, Nikki, who was diagnosed with Aspinger syndrome. Nikki committed suicide and died on January 4th, 2007 at the age of 40. Other songs he wrote include One Less Spell to Answer for the Fifth Dimension, The Guys in Love with You for Herb Albert, That's What Friends Are For for Rod Stewart, which later became a remake for Dionne Warwick, Number one hit back in January of 1986. Burt Bacharach was married four times to Paula Stewart and then actress Angie Dickinson, you know her from Police Woman on NBC, and Carol Bayer Sager and Jane Hansen. Burt Bacharach died of natural causes in Los Angeles, California on February 8, 2023 at the age of 94. And last but not least, we got to give a shout out to Miss Olivia Newton-John. Now, we all know her from her pop country hits back in the 70s, including her debut, I Honestly Love You, number one hit back in October 5th, 1974, for three weeks. And other songs, including Please, Mr. Please. <laughs> and yes, one of my favorites, Have You Never Been Mellow. But... And it wasn't until <laughs> the fall of 1981 when her LP Physical was released back in September 28th, 1981. And let me tell you, the song went to number one on Billboard's Hot 100 Pop Singles Charts on November 21st, 1981 for 10 weeks. It also went to number 22 on Billboard's Dance Club Singles Shorts, and number 28 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. The album went to number 6 on Billboard's Soul Singles Shorts. The album went to number, should say number 6, the top 200 album shorts. And number 32 on Billboard's Soul Album Shorts, the song went platinum and it sold over 2 million copies in print, and the album went double platinum and it went 2 million 
100,000 copies in print. She won a Grammy Award for Video of the Year at the 1982 Grammy Awards. And yes, she performed the song on NBC's Saturday Night Live, where she was guest and musical guest host. And it was aired on May 22nd, 1982. And it was the seventh season finale. And yes, did you know that the song was played on 107.5 WBLS? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you, she was getting funky. <laughs> on the other hand, Olivia was an environmental and animal rights activist, and she died on August 8, 2022, at the age of 73 from breast cancer. So there you have it, folks. We have all of our favorite musicians that have passed away during the 2022-2023 season. Now, once again, I'd like to hear a word from you, America, and around the world. Who was your favorite artist that you missed and loved? Go to anchor.fm slash Samuel dash Wilson Jr. slash messages. And I want to hear a word from you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tributes as we honor our favorite musicians that are passed away and went on home to be with the Lord. Thank you for joining me as I close out this edition of the Black Soul Music Experience. And to all of our favorite musicians, may you all continue to rest in peace. Well, that's about it for this edition of the Black Soul Music Experience. I'm Sam Wilson Jr. Thank you for joining me, and please tune in next week for an all-new episode. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please subscribe by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash subscribe. And please support my podcast by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash support. And please leave your messages by going to anchor.fm slash Samuel Wilson Jr. slash messages. And don't forget to leave your comments, feedbacks, and your replies by going to my Facebook homepage. Go to facebook.com slash the Black Soul Music Experience Podcast. And you can also tweet me on Twitter at SamWilsonJr66. As always, party, remember this. Reach for the top and your dreams will come true and it can happen to you. From all of us, take care. God bless. Thanks for listening. Have a good week and please be safe.